Welcome to Off the Arrow Shelf Podcast, where the focus is on field archery in the UK. I'm Rob, and I'll be offering you tips, advice, news, and interview some guests when I get the chance. I hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode from Off the Arrow Shelf. I've got a few things I want to cover today, partly about what I've been up to, thinking about psychology of archery and also a little bit about the National Field Archery Society and some of the latest stuff that's come out recently. First things first, what have we been up to? Uh, not a lot of archery again, I'm afraid. Uh, work's been keeping me pretty busy again, but that's nothing unusual. And today, when some of the guys have been down the archery wood, I wasn't able to make it because I was helping out with uh, Sharon's scout group, or rather beaver group. There's a few of us got together down at the scout hut to cut up a load of wood and drill a load of holes in readiness for the young people to be building bird nest boxes for one of their badges. So that's been um, pretty busy. I spent a few hours doing that, and uh, all being well, hopefully it'll go, it'll go well. This one, this topic I want to talk about today is something I've been mulling over in my head. I've been trying to think of a best way of phrasing this. And the one I've kind of, I keep coming back to is I may fall, but I've not fallen. And this may sound a bit strange. But it's kind of along the lines of, yes, okay, my my body may break, but that doesn't mean I'm broken. And this is, again, around the psychology of shooting and how you approach things and how you approach life, I suppose. You know, your, your body may break. There will be times when your, your body fails you. Maybe you're tired, maybe you're getting over some kind of cold or infection. Maybe you got injured. Maybe, you know, I've been chopping a load of wood uh, last week and I said my arm's feeling tired and this week we've been finishing off moving offices at work so I've been shifting desks again and I've noticed that my um, left elbow is twinging a lot and is hurting so I've been taking it easy it's one of the reasons I haven't been shooting simply because I don't want to strain it I want to try and get that strength back and it's important to believe that. It's important to believe in yourself that, yes, things can get hard, but you need time to recover. And just because your body's broken or is injured at time doesn't mean that you're broken. doesn't mean you should give up. And you should try and believe in yourself. Now, that's not easy. Some people can do it quite easily. They you know, exude confidence. They always seem to be coming back from a fall. I'm not one of those. I do try my best. I do doubt myself, though, and lack confidence. It's one of the reasons I have to break things down into steps and stages. As otherwise, I can feel swamped and somewhat overloaded. I have to, Sharon will joke about it, I have to plan things out. You might see me at a shoot, or you might see me doing something, and it's like, right, okay, I'm going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And you think, wow. But in reality, what I've actually done is run these scenarios through my head time and time again, trying to think out what 
what's going to happen, what the problem is going to be. Um, this is true for life as as well as for archery, and it's one of the reasons I, I spend a lot of time about psychology, reading self-help books, looking at different coaching techniques, shooting techniques, so that I'm effectively I'm kind of building slowly. Now, it, I find it very easy to look back at things and I don't necessarily remember the good shots immediately. I look back and I tend to remember the mistakes, the lost points, the missed shots, and those come more easily and almost more naturally to me than when I did an exceptionally good shot or I did do a make a good shot. So what I'm having to do is I'm having to work at remembering the successes. And this is the thing is that for me, the successful shots don't flood back into my head. Some people have managed to program themselves so that, yeah, they'll go, oh, yeah, I had a really good shot here. I had a really good shot there. I'll tend to think of, okay, well, I didn't have a good shot or I needed to improve. And that can be quite debilitating because you're always thinking, oh, you're not good enough or you didn't do it correctly. And you need to work on that. I need to work on that. It's very easy to fall into this kind of negative mindset of looking for improvements all the time, which in itself isn't a problem, but seeing faults with everything can be problematic. The only way I can overcome this, I suppose, is to try and stop myself at that point. Stop and force myself to remember the positive, the successes, even if they're just small wins. And then sometimes those small wins are really important. One thing I've been doing recently when I've been walking to work in the morning is I've been taking a moment on my walk just to look around and look at nature. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen some of the photographs I've been posting of dawn or frosty mornings or the deer that I've been seeing as I've been walking. And that's important to me because it's a bit of a grounding. It's a small win. It's something to start the day positive with. When it comes to archery, I stop and I say to myself, well, yes, I can shoot. And yes, I have shot this distance. I have shot this target. And yes, I have hit it. And yes, I will shoot well. And this is something that I do moving from remembering that I can do something to reminding and reinforcing that I have done it in the past. So it's sort of what I'm trying to say. It goes from, oh, yes, I can do, to I will do. And it's not an overnight fix. Please, please don't think, oh, yes, I can. you can go out and you can immediately start. It's a slow, progressive. It's You've got to almost stop and take a breath. And you'll gradually go from, I can do this, to I do do this, or I will have a go, as I want to I have done this. And it's important how you start phrasing this and how you're remembering. And as I said, there will be points when you stumble, there will be points when you are unsuccessful and you effectively, I don't want to say relapse, uh, lapse or relapse. It'll be a case of yes things will improve and you will improve but you will need to work at it 
all part of, I suppose, the archer's side of the archery triangle. So because we're talking about the mental side of it, it's all that part of, it's not the bow side, it's not the arrow side, it's the archer side. And if you remember when I talk about the archer's triangle, I talk about the mental element. There's the mental aspect, there's the physical aspect, and what I call the shot process. You, If you look at your physical aspects, that's um, your strength, your fitness level, etc. Your shot process and is the routine that you go through, the steps that you go through to execute a successful shot. And again, remember what I said earlier, I tend to break things down into small, manageable pieces. And I'm trying to do this, and I try to do this in other things as well as archery. There's other things I'm doing. So just before Christmas, I made a decision to try and go back to learning to swim. For those of you who don't know, I've never learned to swim. And a few years ago, I did try and start having lessons and there's this thing called oh yeah the pandemic hit and lessons were cancelled and but i decided last year that i'm gonna have another go at it so far i'm about four lessons down five lessons down i'm slowly getting there and i'm having to try and remind myself of i can do it i had a lesson just before christmas which didn't go well at all the last one I had actually went pretty well. But I have to break down the steps of learning to swim. That's just the same as the shot process. It's just the same as any other process. I was talking to the instructor and saying it's similar to learning to drive. And if you have a stick shift car, you know, I don't drive an automatic. I've got, you know, a clutch pedal. And it's that aspect of, having to learn to be able to move your foot so the foot goes down on the clutch so you can change gear whilst you're also keeping the accelerator going and steering and all the other aspects and it can be quite overwhelming and archery is no different so i tend to try and break things down into manageable pieces and learn those and move on and this is why i'm saying to you now it's not I'm not going to say this is a technique that is guaranteed to solve, you know, any anxiety you have in life or more importantly, you know, shot anxiety or target panic. I think it's a, a good technique. It's a good starting point for you to start remembering when you have made those good shots, when you have been successful. And even if that is a good shot and hasn't hit the target or hasn't hit exactly where you aim, if you still executed a good shot, that's great. But I'd be lying to you, I think, when I'm talking about sort of techniques. And, and by the way, I think Joel Turn has just put out a video on YouTube about uh, target panic and stuff like that, which is probably worth having a look at. I did have a look at it the other day. But I think I'd be lying to you if I, s I said that it's it's not a technique that I don't believe in. Sorry, is that, is that right phrase? It's a, it's a strategy it's an approach that I believe in. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It is hard work. It doesn't always work. It's very easy to relax, uh, relapse into a negative mindset. But if you do try it, try and be that person. Try and be that person that gives it a go. Because I think that's, that's a way forward.
I said in the last podcast, you know, any movement forward, any improvement, no matter how small that step is, no matter how small that win is, is a step forward. So that's what you want. Okay, so what else am I going to talk about today? The latest National Field Artery Society, or NFAS, is magazines arrived. I've got it in front of me here. The the issue is uh, January and February for 2024. 20, I've got to start remembering it's 2024. It's quite a uh, hefty tome. You know, it's been hitting the carpets around the country and it's generated a lot of discussions. And there's a lot in it. There's not only the minutes from the AGM that happened last year and the proposals, of which I think there's 13 different rules proposal, proposals and motions, which I'll possibly come to in another podcast because I do want to talk about a few of them. But one thing that is in there and has generated some discussions are the sign-off process of the revised um, application form for new members. Now, th- there is now a, I think it's a two-page, three-page, it's three-page, that's it, because I've got it in front of me, checklist. So not only do new archers have to complete a form detailing the, no, sorry, giving their details, I should say, and that form be signed off by a coach, there's also now a three-page document that goes with it, which covers the training and topics that should have been touched on. The reason I'm mentioning this is that some have seen it as, oh, I think it's phrase, you know, teaching grandsakegs, or is it, is it a little bit insulting to say, oh, we're having this form to try and remind people what's going on? Um, there's one of the coaches was saying because there's a section in there about aiming and um, teaching gap shooting and that's a topic I'll, I'll come to a little bit later about gap shooting and stuff like that but basically there's this three page document this is very much a checklist there's nine different topics on there from so right the administration aspects of the course or the process to ensure that you've got details of the archer to um, going through the the shooting process the shot execution aiming the etiquettes of archery and field archery and, and all things that you should need to know if you're going to become a full member of the, of the society attend open shoots or even just marshal your club shoots I think this is, well, I'm taking it as a bit of a reminder. It's a reminder to a coach or to anybody who's got um, sign-off privileges that they need to cover these topics when you're running your sessions. And that's, I think, why it's necessary. There's a when you start reading the article. There's um, it's, it's about five pages long in the magazine. And it details how there's over 200 different archery coaches now in the society. The thing being is, if there's 200 people, well, you get 10 people in the room, you get 10 coaches in the room, and they'll all do probably the same thing, but not necessarily in the same way. Using the analogy earlier, 
you get 10 people who drive a car, they're all going to drive ever so slightly differently depending on where they, when they may have passed their test, what cars they've driven. You know, you've got some people who only drive automatics, you'll get some people who drive stick shift. And I think what they're trying to do with this form is to A, be a reminder, but also level the playing field and ensure that everybody is aware of the processes. I think that is pretty important because we do have several thousand members of the society and that means that come a weekend there are well not just a weekend because there's people that shoot during the week as well and clubs that are open during the week there are hundreds if not thousands and tens of thousands of arrows flying around and they have got to be all the archers have got to be considered safe they've got to have a level of competency and this form i think is there to remind people of what that they should know and it's not just the coach or the person with the sign-off authority that has to sign this document it's also the archer as well now some might see it as being necessary some might see it as being unnecessary but what they're trying to do with this i think is to ensure a level of ability and also accountability if something goes wrong and that sounds very big brother and very problematic unfortunately we do live in a society where things can go wrong uh, people can make mistakes and this is a way of ensuring that the archer knows what they should well should have an idea and an understanding of what they're being taught and what they need to know before they become a full member of the society out and shooting and this is important because we have had situations here and i know there's been situations uh, other shoots where i've marshaled or i've spoken to coaches suppose spoken to other archers who have seen or encountered new archers or in sometimes experienced or they say they're experienced archers who don't know the rules who don't know the steps they need to follow and i suppose what the society, the exec are trying to do is ensure that, that these occurrences become less and less often by having this reminder so that the archer knows what's expected of them, but also the coach has that as a reminder and an understanding of what is expected. Now, some people don't like this form because it's covering things that they don't necessarily see as being necessary or it's covering additional things. So there's a comment in there, I was talking to one coach about um, shooting and, and gap shooting and how that's mentioned in the article. And I suppose coming from an instinctive background as I do, I've always found gap shooting to be an easy thing to explain and slightly hard to demonstrate because i know the principles behind it but i don't consciously gap i probably do do it subconsciously but i don't consciously gap i'm not aware of the, the point of my arrow 
above or below the target when I'm shooting. I'm just kind of like focusing on where I'm going to shoot. And I'm actually going to do a podcast on uh, gap shooting and a few other topics like what you know, instinctive archery and 3D archery and stuff like that. I'll come later. But it's interesting how this is this is mentioned in this form because it is kind of expected for you to teach. And I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about that aspect of going out into woods and the concept of moving around the woods compared to shooting on a range and that understanding of, of what's expected of them, what's expected of the new archer, the things that they need to consider, you know, suitable footwear, clothing for going out and about, the aspects that there will be foliage, which they will have to negotiate and considering how that foliage can hide a distance. Everybody should have an understanding of, of scoring, etc. long before they attend. And there's comments about, you know, the health and safety and, and, and being aware of you know that I'll I'll just pull up on uh, my my screen there is like you know there you go, health and safety, awareness of the shooting ground, um, awareness of warm up exercises and the like then there's the aspects of like the comprehension of your bow and understanding your bow going to shot execution as i said you know shooting drawing drawing the bow anchoring point all of these things are pretty fundamentally required but they have been produced in this document is it a sledgehammer to crack a nut which is a phrase that I use and I've known other people to use. Is it a case of the society being a bit too prescriptive? I don't think so. I think if you use this as a guide, and the whole idea of this document, along with the membership form, is that it is completed with the new archer. The new archer has to sign off or initial it and so does the coach and they're on paper it's you know you, they've got a breakdown of what should have been covered in their in their coaching sessions i do think that maybe some people will find this a little bit intimidating but if we take it from the point of view of it being a guide and a reminder i think it's it's a supportive tool it shouldn't be seen as a sledgehammer or an enforcement tool. I wonder if in the future when there may be a case, you know, there, there may be a situation where somebody is called to task, whether that be the coach, because what happens is you do the membership form, you do this three-page form, you complete it all, you send it off to the membership circular to join the society, and that's kept on record. Now... This is only going to be relevant to new archers that are coming in. So those pre-existing archers out there, um, this isn't going to be relevant to them. But I suppose it's a way of identifying any coach or any sign-off that is maybe not up to, to speed, uh, up to scratch, you know. I don't know. I hope that people will take it in the manner by which I think it's been written as a supportive document to help coaching. I do wonder if 
it will be ever be used or ever be enforced who knows let's find out but let's be positive with it let's see it as a bit of a guide a bit of a understanding and we'll see where we we go from there it's nothing that a coach or a relatively new coach won't have recovered in the coaching course i think for those people who have got sign-off authorities and for those of you who don't know a sign-off authority which i've been talking about is if a, if a club doesn't have a coach or access to a coach you can apply to the society for a sign-off authority and i think that lasts for 12 months and that's to allow for time for you to have somebody to then go through the process and become a, a coach and that would give the club the ability to sign off new archers which is at the end of the day a, a financial godsend um, because clubs need new members it needs new blood coming coming in and it's also a, a fund generator as i said this has been i think put together as a supported tool so we'll see how it goes um have a look in the magazine it's i can't remember where it is in the magazine it's round up let me just thumb through the magazine where i've got it yeah there we go it starts on page 32 with a, a description of the coaches sign off authority and as i said it covers administration so it's the kind of aspect of you know prior to the course visitors books signing in books if you've got them we use uh, whatsapp to sign in so everybody's on whatsapp um, shot execution health and safety knowledge of your bow scoring shooting rules equipment i've said etiquette i think aiming techniques and behavior in the woods so and it's literally as i said just a a, a fairly straightforward fairly simple to follow checklist as i see as i see it that you know that has to go in with your new membership have a read of it it's probably it's worth having a look at and just to be aware of there's a few other things that change by the way in this coming year for uh, nfast members they've changed the age of adult membership to 18 rather than 16 and i think this is from the point of view of uh, child protection and legal aspects um there's also discussions about um safeguarding officers at clubs there's an article in there about you know, how important it is to actually have a safeguarding officer and um ensuring about shoot guardian forms and the like so there's, there's quite a lot about that kind of membership changes there are pages and pages of uh, motion details and notes for the motions and stuff like that and there are a ton of different motions these a bit when i talk about motions these are proposals um to the membership to be voted on and it's a bit for those of you who aren't members of the society there are two types of motions there are class specific motions or general motions now so i'm just going to drink in a second motions that are open to everybody are open for everybody to vote on motions that are specific so there's a there's a motion in there for bear bow there's a motion in there for freestyle no one for hunting tackle trad bow hunter and etc those if they're for example if 
it is a barebow motion, only those that are in the barebow class can vote on it. Or, and this is an interesting one because when you register the vote, you specify what your class is, and you can only choose one, which historically I've never particularly liked because I tend to shoot under hunting tackle or flat bow. Um, but if when I register for voting this year, and it is really important that as many members do vote for this, these proposals as possible, because it's your opportunity to air your views. When I do vote, I've got to specify, okay, I'm going to be shoot, I'm going to vote as a hunting tackle archer or as a flatbow archer. And if that is the case, I can only then vote on uh, class specific uh, notions that motions that are akin to that shooting class so if i specify i'm hunting uh, tackle i can only shoot i can only vote on motions that are associated with hunting tackles so i wouldn't be able to vote on the bare bow class or motion or a crossbow motion or a, as i said flat bow if even though i do shoot flat bow as well something i've never liked i, I think you, they, you should have a couple of different classes that you can register under but those are the rules that are present. So yes, there are quite a few, and there are four that are open to everybody to vote on, and the rest, the other nine, are class-specific. I'm not going to go through them all today, um, if you're because simple reason, I know there's some of you that aren't um, NFAS archers that listen to this podcast, but have a listen, uh, sorry, have a look, have a read, if you are a member of the National Field Archery Society so that's it i'm coming to the end now as i said this one i wanted to touch on that kind of aspect of just because something breaks your body breaks that doesn't mean that you're broken so be that person be that person who yeah okay you might have a setback don't let that stop you yeah come back from it pick yourself up dust yourself on and start over again. I think that's actually from that quote from Sport Goofy or something like that, Walt Disney um, song. Don't know why that popped into my head, but it seemed appropriate at the time. Um, have a go. Um, I was hoping to do some live um, Instagram reels and um, shoot some video down at the woods today. Didn't manage to get down there. I've just bought some new microphones. I've been inspired by Rich over at Archery Geek Outdoors. Um, he was showing me the microphones he's got for his phone, um, which are little lapel clip-on mics. Uh, I've bought the equivalent and been playing around with them. I want to try them in earnest out and about. But yeah, that's what I want to say. Go out, have a go. Yeah, as I said, just because your body breaks doesn't mean you're broken. Go away, build yourself up, try and remember the positives. Focus on those positives and how it can help you. Pick up the Field Archery magazine, have a read of it, have a look at the sign-offs, have a look at the different proposals, and we'll see where we go from there. I'm hoping to record some short podcasts on different ideas, like gap shooting, and what gap shooting in is what people think of as being instinctive. Um, so if you've got any ideas of along those topics, please let me know. Uh, quite happy to explore that and that's going to be it for today 
I'm hoping the sound quality is going to be as good as last time. So I have some really positive feedback about the sound quality on the last recording. So thanks very much for that. In the meantime, take care and enjoy your shooting. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback or questions, drop me a line. My email is offthearrowshelf at yahoo.co.uk, but you can also find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, all with Off the Arrow Shelf. I've also got an offthearrowshelf.com website. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your shooting.